I hope you took a break between last episode and this episode. Did you get some lunch or did you go for a hike or did you read something totally different or get a snack or at least a drink? All right, let's carry on. Cystic fibrosis. So cystic fibrosis, we're switching over from the autosomal dominant. Now we're in the autosomal recessive. So autosomal recessive means that now you would have to have two of the same allele to have this disease actually go from the genotype into the phenotype, meaning that it's from what we see in the DNA to what we actually see in the person. So this is autosomal recessive. It's a mutation that breaks the CFTR gene. So that CFTR gene creates the protein that acts as a chloride channel that crosses the membrane of epithelial cells. So that protein is really, really important in secretions. So normally secretions are pretty thin, um, but it could be causes them to become a lot thicker. And those thick secretions are specifically a problem in the respiratory tract and the pancreas. So really big issues in both of those areas. So cystic fibrosis, that CFTR gene is on chromosome seven. Do not worry about where it is. So, but it creates a thick, sticky mucus that blocks the airway and the pancreatic and the bile ducts. Big problems. Oops. So it ends up that the person literally cannot breathe because they cannot cough up that stick, that thick, sticky mucus and their pancreas can't create, um, all of the stuff that it usually creates, or it cannot um, disperse all of the stuff it usually creates. So one of the things that can happen is something called pancreatitis, where the pancreas usually creates all of the digestive enzymes. And because it usually sends them out through those pancreatic ducts that are now stuck, um, that those digestive enzymes end up staying in the pancreas and the pancreas actually ends up digesting itself. Um, it, terribly, terribly painful, uh, horrible thing. So uh, luckily we have medications that can help with this, but it doesn't fix anything. So it's, it's a horrible disease. All right, let's look at some of the lysosomal storage diseases. So failure of the lysosomes. We talked about this when we were talking about the, um, the organelles in the cell. And one of the ones that we talked about was Tay-Sachs disease. So now the cells accumulate undigested or partially digested debris. Uh, it can cause organomegaly, connective tissue disorders, ocular disorders, central nervous system issues, lots of intellectual disabilities as well. So here's Tay-Sachs again, um, autosomal recessive, more common in people of Jewish heritage, uh, cannot break down uh, molecules, symptoms started about six months to a year, and usually the person is gone by about three years. So this is something that we don't see in adults at all because the person ha does not survive past uh, usually age three. Uh, Wilson's disease. Wilson's disease, um, besides all of the problems that are with it, it's it actually kind of looks cool, <laughs> which you'll you'll have to appreciate as you become a nurse. Um, you know, the, the things that are cool to you are not necessarily cool to your patients. Um, but look at the Kaiser-Fleischer rings. And they really actually do have copper um, in their 
that creates this ring around their iris and it's actually really quite pretty um it is an unfortunate sign of many 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 problems um but it's quite pretty so the wilson's disease is an autosomal recessive so again it's on the the non-sex hormones and it's recessive so you need two of them so the wilson's disease breaks the gene that encodes the enzyme that allows the liver to push copper into the bile so when the copper levels get higher usually the liver will manage it but now it can't so there's nothing that stops the copper from getting higher copper cannot be excreted and therefore copper just stays in the body so it causes steatosis which is an inflammation of the liver and then it causes cirrhosis because liver is just building up and building up and building up. So, and then once it causes cirrhosis, it causes a buildover, a spillover of copper into the blood. And then here's the unfortunate part. It's copper deposition into the brainstem. So a really, really, really big problem. Really pretty eyes. Really big problem. Not good at all. So um, we don't like Wilson's disease at all. Um, so here's the next one please, please, please know this. Please, please know this. G6PD deficiency. G6PD deficiency. So G6PD deficiency is the most common enzyme disorder in humans. The most common. Now, I am sending you this information um, from Massachusetts. Massachusetts, we don't tend to see a lot of this, but you are going to be taking a national exam, the NCLEX, the national exam. So they don't care about Massachusetts. They care about Massachusetts in the context that it's part of the U.S. So we need to know this because certainly uh, we get people from all over the world into our care. Um, so it's important to know for our patients. It's also important to know for our exams, um, even if it's not something that we're going to see every day. And that's one of the most important reasons is because we don't see it every day. We have to keep it in mind because if we see it, we got to know what it is. So, so important. All right. So we're switching the modes here a little bit. This one is an X-linked recessive. So this is one that's on the X chromosome and it's recessive. So you only have to have one of these to get this disease. I'm sorry, you have to have two of these to get this disease. So X linked recessive versus dominant where you'd only have to have one. So now you have to have two of these. So you have to get this from both your birthing parent and your non-birthing parent to get this. So most commonly it's in people from Africa, the Middle East, Asia, and the Mediterranean. So it is a mutation that breaks the enzyme NADPH. This NADPH protects the red blood cells from hemolysis. Without this enzyme, red blood cells are no longer protected from hemolysis. And red blood cells will now break down in response to certain medications or chemicals. Really really, really, really important to know. So if you have G6PD deficiency, exposure can cause hemolytic anemia, meaning that you expose yourself to any of these medications or chemicals that will be a problem for you, then you can get instant 
hemolytic anemia. The red blood cells will break down faster than your body can make them, sometimes incredibly dramatically. So some things to know that we have to avoid for these people, fava beans, really, really, really important. Um, medications, aspirin, dapsone, not so common, methylene blue in a lot of different contrast, nitrofurantoin, a very common um, antibiotic that we use for urinary tract infections, um, peglicidase, many of these I don't even know. And the rest of them are much, much, much less common, um, but still something that we need to know about. And then chemicals to avoid the naphthalene. Naphthalene is in mothballs, so not so much of an issue in uh, medicine, but is going to be something that we need to know about. So fava beans, um, something to know for dietary, um, because fava beans are used in other things. And then important for us to know for prescribing medications, aspirin, methylene blue, and nitrofurantoin. Um, so you can see that G6PD deficiency, absolutely something we have to know about. Fava beans, aspirin, methylene blue, nitrofurantoin. Please, please, please know those. Where did that go? There we are. All right. Kleinfelter symptom, syndrome. Kleinfelter is a non-disjunction error. That means that um, we have an extra chromosome here. So non-disjunction errors lead to either too many or too few chromosomes. So Kleinfelter is a karyotype 47, meaning that we have an extra chromosome, and it's XXY. 47XXY. That's the most typical. You can actually get 48XXXY. You can do 49XXXXY, um, but those are much less typical, much less common. Um, the most typical is 47XXY. So we've got two X's. Um, most common symptoms are intellectual disabilities, lack of development of testes because we have a lot more of the estrogen, gynecomastia, a um, lot more of the estrogen, tall, lanky stature, uh, decreased facial and body hair, and decreased muscle mass. Very, very common. Um, so the next one, Turner syndrome, is also a non-disjunction error, but it is on the other side. So it means you have two few. So the Kleinfelters, which we just looked at, that's an extra. This is one that's too few. Um, so we have this X, but without the accompanying either other X or without the accompanying Y. So this person is going to be um, phenotypically female, probably with intellectual disabilities, very short stature, webbed neck. Look at um, this person's neck here. Um, infertile amenorrhea, no period, lack of breast development, usually cardiovascular issues, and usually hypothyroidism associated with this. Fragile X syndrome is something that's totally different from other things. Um, it is a an X-linked -like recessive, but it's a repetition error. So the FMR1 gene Instead of just making a couple of them, there are many, 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 many um, uh, genes that encode for this FMR1. So it actually stops the production of FMRP. Now, 
fMRP, we think, carries mRNA molecules from the nucleus to the ribosomes. So when that happens, it interrupts the creation of proteins that are important for the functioning of the nerves, the testes, and the ovaries. So fMRP is specific for these types of proteins. I remember that ribosomes can create all sorts of different kinds of proteins, and fMRP is the protein that helps the mRNA to create these kinds of proteins. All right, so when a person has fragile X syndrome, they tend to have a long, narrow face, large ears, prominent jaw and forehead, unusually flexible fingers, which is really interesting, very flat feet and enlarged testicles, because this is usually men. Um, often uh, women will be the carriers, um, but men are the ones that actually show the phenotype. Um, Down syndrome, it's due to a random error during meiosis, end up with a trisomy 21. So again, this is a non-disjunction error. So their karyotype, um, remember it is a non it's um, autosomal, so it's 46, 40, I'm sorry, 47XX plus 21, or 47XY plus 21, depending on male or female genotype. So um, flattened face, especially the bridge of the nose, almond-shaped eyes, and short neck, small ears, a large tongue, uh, lots of symptoms that go with people with Down syndrome. Now, a person with Down syndrome does tend to be a little bit shorter, does tend to have a smaller, uh, poor muscle tone, um, and generally is much more likely to have hypothyroidism than another person and is much more likely to have a heart murmur and heart defects. So here's another one, Prader-Willi syndrome. I think we're going to do um, one more and then be done with this episode. So this one is another non-disjunction error. And this one's really interesting. So Prader-Willi is the person is missing all or most of the 15th chromosome from the non-birthing parent side. So from the paternal side. So that's fascinating because the next one that we're going to see is missing all or most of the 15th chromosome from the birthing parent or from the maternal side. So we have two different syndromes, two different problems, depending on whether the chromosome was missing from the mother or the father. It's fascinating that we can, that our bodies are so specific that it knows the difference. So Prader-Willi is missing all or some of the, the 15th chromosome from the paternal side. So intellectual disability, this is the big thing about Prader-Willi, compulsive hunger, always, always hunger. Um, behavioral issues, the big stubbornness, huge picking at the skin, huge, huge, huge. I'm very surprised that this person in this picture um, does not have scabs all over him because there's there's just skin issues everywhere with Prader-Willi. Um, this compulsive for hunger, compulsive hunger is such an issue with people with Prader-Willi syndrome. Um, People will, caregivers will have to um, lock kitchens and lock cabinets so that people with Prader-Willi uh, literally will not eat themselves to death. Um, it's it's a huge, huge problem. Um, short stature, small hands and feet. You, 
unusually fair skin and usually light colored hair. Um, so the person that we're seeing in this picture, uh, this picture is black and white. So it looks like they have darker colored hair, but I would suspect that based on his parents, that his parents had even darker colored hair and we were suspecting darker than that, um, or we were expecting darker than that. Um, so very interesting. So Prater Willie is missing the 15th from the paternal side. So think Prater Willie paternal P and P. Now, this is the other one, Angelman syndrome, also a non-disjunctional error. Person missing uh, all or the fifth, all or most of the 15th chromosome from the maternal side. So Angelman is from the maternal side, not the paternal side. Now, different symptoms, um, intellectual disability, microcephaly. So very, very small head, almost always with epilepsy, with seizure disorder. Most of them have a happy, excitable demeanor, very frequent smiling, laughter, and hand, hand flapping movements. So, um, think about clapping your hand with one hand. Uh, that's a hand flapping movements but no symptoms of that insatiable hunger that a person with Prader-Willi has. So really, really interesting, the difference between mother and father. All right, so we're going to pause here and we'll pick up in the next episode.